0: Welcome to Granny Smith Lane. This podcast will be focusing on Jefferson County's fight to keep a foreign, multinational corporation from building a large, heavy industrial plant across the street from an elementary school. If you're wondering where Jefferson County, West Virginia is, look at a map and you'll see that West Virginia has two panhandles. The very tip of the eastern one is where Jefferson County is. It's sandwiched between Maryland and Virginia. About sixty miles northwest of washington d c there are two cities in Jefferson County: Charlestown, which is the county seat and named after George Washington's brother and Ranson. There are three towns: Shepherd'stown, Harper's Ferry, and Boulevard. There are also quite a few unincorporated communities with a population of around fifty six thousand. Jefferson County is a very popular historical tourist destination and also has many beautiful farms. Harper's Ferry is where the Shenandoah and Potomac Rivers meet, and it's a national historical park. You've probably read about Harper's Ferry in history class. It's where the famous abolitionist John Brown led a raid on the armory in 1859. They often have special living history events, workshops, and reenactments. The lower town area is set up to reflect the Civil War era, with a blacksmith shop, boarding house, dry goods store, etc. From Lower Town, you can walk up the old-worn stone steps to the historic Gothic-style church that sits perched partway up the hill, with its tall white steeple piercing the sky. If you continue up the hill, you'll pass the ruins of another church, one that didn't survive the Civil War, and at the very top of the hill you reach Jefferson Rock, where you get an amazing view of the town and the converging rivers below. A plaque there gives Thomas Jefferson's description of the view. Quote, On your right comes up the Shenandoah, having ranged along the foot of the mountain a hundred miles to seek a vent. On your left approaches the Potomac, in quest of passage also. In the moment of their junction, they rush together against the mountain, rend it asunder, and pass off to the sea. This scene is worth a voyage across the Atlantic, end quote. Jefferson County is truly breathtaking during the fall. It's something I look forward to every year. As the summer heat fades and gives way to a cool breeze, the red and orange leaves emerge and blaze like fire on the Blue Ridge Mountains. The crisp fall air makes for perfect hiking weather to take in all of the beauty. It's where people come to escape the city and suburbs and be immersed in the scenic landscape and rich history of the area. It is indeed almost heaven. In 1966, an apple orchard called Jefferson Orchards was started in Kearneysville, West Virginia, which is one of those unincorporated communities that I mentioned earlier. One hundred and seventy acres of apples, peaches, plums, and nectarines 13 varieties of apples with names like Summer Rambo, Empire, and Ginger Gold. There was also a bakery on the orchard that served apple pies, dumplings, turnovers, and donuts. In 2015, the orchard closed and 365 Granny Smith Lane was put up for sale. A lot has happened from then until now, which we'll discuss in a future episode. But the current situation is that it was bought by a company called Rockwool, formerly known as Soul. RockWool is a Danish-based company that makes stone wool insulation products. Stone wool insulation is used as an alternative to traditional fiberglass insulation. We'll go deeper into RockWool's finished product and what goes into making it in future episodes, but here's some more cursory information about the company. According to their website, they have 27 factories worldwide three of which are in North America. There's only one factory in the U.S., which opened in 2014 in Bihalia, or Bihalia, I'm not quite sure on the pronunciation, but it's in Mississippi, and it's about 30 miles southeast of Memphis. Now I'm going to take you back to November 22nd, 2017, which was the day before Thanksgiving. Families were busy gathering traveling or maybe hosting for the holiday and hoping that their turkey would be defrosted in time and that they had something suitable for the vegans to eat. This day, the day before Thanksgiving, is also when Rockwell, known as Rock Soul then, published their air quality permit notice in the legal notices of a small newspaper called the Spirit of Jefferson. Was the timing of this a coincidence or a corporate strategy to fly under the radar? Regardless of Rockwell's intentions, the fact remains that very few people saw it. The Spirit of Jefferson is a weekly paper with a circulation of only 5,000, which is less than one-tenth of the population. And let's be honest here, how many people actually read the legal notices? Josh Compton, who's the president of the Jefferson County Commissioners, posted on Facebook on August 2nd that, quote, The only paper of record in Jefferson County is The Spirit of Jefferson, which is highly ineffective and only has one printed edition per week. The best thing to do is to try and request the journal newspaper ask the West Virginia Secretary of State to become a paper of record in the county, and then we would be able to have a daily publication that reaches far more residents. I've been saying for over a year, the spirit of Jefferson is a waste of money and is not reaching nearly as many people as we need to. End quote. He also clarified that there is currently one other paper of record the Shepherdstown Chronicle, but their circulation is even smaller than the Spirit. It's also worth noting that these days many people don't read newspapers anymore, myself included. It seems to me that not only do we need to update the newspaper of record, but also have the information readily available online. Bear with me while I read from that notice, published November 22, 2017, in the Spirit of Jefferson's Legal Notices. The applicant estimates the potential to discharge the following regulated air pollutants will be Nitrogen oxides, 239 tons per year Sulfur dioxide, 148 tons per year Carbon monoxide, 74.1 tons per year Volatile organic compounds, VOCs, 470 tons per year Filterable particulate matter, 129 tons per year Particulate matter less than 10 microns, PM10, 154 tons per year. Particulate matter less than 2.5 microns, PM2.5, 134 tons per year. Carbon dioxide equivalents, 153,000 tons per year. Sulfuric acid mist, 16.4 tons per year. Lead, 0.01 tons per year. Total hazardous air pollutants, HAPS. 339 tons per year. Mineral fiber HAPS, 113 tons per year. Methanol, 104 tons per year. Phenol, 98.6 tons per year. Formaldehyde, 67.6 tons per year. Carbonyl sulfide, 1.7 tons per year. Hydrogen fluoride, 1.7 tons per year. Hydrochloric acid, 1.3 tons per year. Hexane, 0.3 tons per year. Benzene, 0.1 tons per year. Wow, that was a mouthful, and I'm sure I probably mispronounced a few of those chemicals. I've set up a show notes page, and there's a post on there with a permit so you can read or refer to it. This list of regulated pollutants they will be putting in the air will be coming out of 200 foot smokestacks that will be across the street from an elementary school called North Jefferson. There are also three more schools and two daycares within two miles. 30% of Jefferson County's student population attend those four schools. A child would potentially spend 14 years, pre-K through 12th grade, even more if a child also went to one of those daycares, attending a school within two miles of this pollution. Everything that makes Jefferson County beautiful, the Shenandoah Valley and River, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and the Potomac River, are also what put us at risk for an even greater impact from this pollution. Here are some of the questions that keep me up at night. How and why did this end up here? What made our elected and appointed officials think that this was a good idea? Does Rockwell bear blame? Why did they pick West Virginia and Mississippi? Who will benefit from this deal? Obviously, Rockwell is here to make a profit, as any business would be. But who else? Utility companies? Companies building the infrastructure that Rockwell will need? Is there corruption? Local and or at the state level? Did our officials not do enough research? Were they sold a bad idea? Weren't presented with all the information? I'm hoping we can get answers to some of those questions and more. In the next episode, I'm going to talk with Lee Smith, who started a Facebook group called Concerned Citizens Against Rockwell Ransom on July 24, 2018, which grew to 10,000 members in one month. As I'm recording this, it's at 11,424, but I'm sure it'll be much greater by the time I get this podcast out there. There are still so many people who live in Jefferson County and surrounding areas that don't even know that this heavy industrial factory is being built right in their backyard. Non-disclosure agreements, a code name of Project Shuttle, fast-tracking this factory, and changing zoning requirements to avoid public challenge all contributed to the lack of knowledge. But now that we do know, we are determined to make our voices heard and stop Rockwell from setting up shop. There's a lot going on right now. Lawsuits are being filed, citizens are missing work and giving up precious time with their families to attend endless meetings. People are delving into research. We want real, transparent answers, not the strategic PR corporate fluff ones that we've been fed. I know I've learned some very important and hard lessons from this, and I'm sure I will continue to. I've realized just how important local government is. It's one of those things that you don't pay attention to until it breaks. I'm happy to say that now I do know who all of the local mayors, council members, commissioners, etc. are. I have a much better understanding of how all of these entities operate. Let this be a cautionary tale for you, my dear listeners. Pay attention to your local government. They have more power than you realize. I've also had the pleasure of discovering that I'm a part of an amazing community of incredible, intelligent, and compassionate people with a wealth of knowledge, determination, and resolve like I've never seen before. Seeing this community come together like it has makes me proud to live and raise my son here. I've lived most of my life in Arizona, And moving to the East Coast always seemed like something temporary for me, because Arizona was my real home. But the community here has made me realize that I love living here, and this is my home now, and it's worth fighting for. I felt a deep sense of betrayal when I found out about Rockwool, a pit in my stomach. It was flight or fight. Due to what's happened here with Rockwool, Senator Unger plans to introduce a bill that will require local public meetings for all air and water permits. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Andrea Tomasi for letting me use her wonderful song, West Virginia.
1: tens green